Welcome to the Worship Leader Probs podcast with your host, Jeremy and Mr. Probs. Look, worship leading can be one of the most rewarding areas of church ministry. But it can also feel like... I'm a worship leader. And I'm a production guy. And these are our problems. Welcome to episode 13 of the Worship Leader Probs podcast. Dude, remember when it was a big deal when we got into double digits? Yeah. We, remember I told you there's like metrics. If you do so many, you have like a longer shelf life. And dude, we're killing it right what now. What does 13 mean I on your metrics? Like, here's what I want. Like, what is the gift for 13 years of marriage? Oh, I just, because I'm at 13 years of marriage. Are you? You should our, know that then. Because maybe if we if we put this out there, maybe people will send us the 13-year gift. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if it's, I don't know how crazy it gets. Some, you know, outbacks. Yeah, or stuff. I don't know. Well, dude, how are you doing today? I, you know what? I'm doing great. I was sick for a while, a little respiratory issue, and uh, I feel I have the strength of ten men today. Really? Yeah. Easily, easily. That's awesome. It's not even close. It, I'm, dude. I'm in the greatest mood. Like, I don't know. I'm looking forward to rehearsal tonight. About to get my hair cut uh-oh, tomorrow. Uh-oh. We're, we're going. We're going to a hockey game tomorrow. Like Dude. it's going to be so much fun in Florida, a hockey game. And if I had to put my mood into a song right now, you remember an old Southern gospel banger that goes, and I'm feeling mighty fine. I've got heaven on my mind. <laughs> Uh, that, that's dude that's what dude you gotta I feel prepare like i'm just walking that, on sunshine you got, why you gotta prepare me for that i had a mouthful of water i would almost spit it all <laughs> over my my podcast mic bro did you did you like my dance moves that went with it it was pretty and like the head bob and everything it was like bobblehead uncle jer yeah it's of the that's of the three southern gospel songs i actually know <laughs> and it oh, makes yeah. so the worship pastor that i work with um, like in college and stuff was in some quartets and grew up kind of in that world. And he always gets mad. We, we mean, you've never heard of this song. <laughs> yeah. So I know that song. I know I bowed on my knees and cried. Oh, holy. Yeah. oh that's deep, man. That one. And the old rugged club cross. Those are like my three Southern yeah, gospels. I know dude. when I was a kid, like, okay, before I was born, I want to preface that before I was born, like, the Bill Gaither trio used to come to my church all the time. What? Um, yeah. And I, I was, and then, then I came around and our church got into like, uh, there was this group called the happy Goodmans, the happy Goodman family, like Vestal and rusty Goodman and Howard Goodman and all these men. And they used to sing this song called, I believe he's coming back. Like he said, and my mom and dad, when I was a little kid, they would, they would have people over for dinner from church or whatever. And they would just be like, go. And they would put me in the living room and I'd be out there singing this little (laughs) Southern gospel song as a little kid, man. Oh, little Mr. Probs. I can't even, I would love to have seen that. (laughs) Oh, did you know it's the funniest part of all of it? Yeah. Like there are probably many listening to the podcast right now that we just completely alienated talking Southern gospel and the names. Absolutely. But here's the funniest part of it. At one point that music, people hated it. Didn't they? Yeah. Like it was counter. What do you mean? What is this? And now they can pack out at still at this point, they can pack out a 10,000 seat arena. Like it's nothing for an homecoming run it at 98 decibels. And the people love it. They They just think it's the greatest thing ever. But at one point, it was like our worship music now where people don't don't like it. Yeah. It, you know, I remember going to one of those like Gaither homecoming things. And this was, when was this? This was 10 or 15 years ago, probably. It was in an NBA arena. Oh, my gosh. And it was packed. I mean. Yeah. You got to give it to them. Here's the deal. You do? Whether you like it or not, and this is true for secular music or Christian music or whatever, whether you like it or not, if somebody has been around that long and they're still doing oh, it at yes. that level, props. Well, and the other thing too is, even though you may not like it, you need to say thank you because they paved the way for what you're doing right now. Without a doubt. Because they, the things you hear, the prayer concerns that you get, 50 years ago, they were getting Absolutely. It. But they were willing 
to follow and to trust the vision that God has given them and to walk in that. And um, didn't like Bill win some Grammy or something for songwriter of the century or something like Wouldn't that? Wouldn't surprise me, man. Would not surprise me that. I mean, dude, he's just. Um, he's in the hymnal, man. I mean, right? That's, that's saying something. And the hymnals referenced in the Bible. They sang hymns and spirit songs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I'm excited for another episode with you, my friend. Um, last week's episode with MXU, people have just been digging it. Um, so we got episode two with those guys. And so, man, just really excited for, for the listeners to get to hear that. And, and, by, so, and by the way, uh, if, if you didn't listen to that episode, you, you need to, okay? So, so, and if you don't know who the MXU guys are, they introduced themselves at the beginning. So you've got Lee Fields, okay? Creative yep. pastor at Bayside Church, Northern California, front of house for Lincoln Brewster, right? Duh. A big deal, yeah. okay? You've got Jeff Sandstrom, Okay, who's like been on the desk for uh, North Point and all tons of stuff that's happened at North Point. Tom, Chris Tomlin's Tomlin, front of house guy for 10 Chris years. Chris Tomlin. Yeah. I think, I don't, yeah. 750, 750 shows in 30 countries, front of house for yeah. Chris Tomlin, right? And yep. Yep. Andrew Stone, who's the production director at Church on the Move. And I don't, man, you would be hard pressed to find a church in America that has moved the needle for production more than church on the move. Yes. These are heavy hitters, man. And they really enjoyed their time on. And, and I think maybe at some point we'll have them back on. So we'll get to that eventually, but first up, let's get into our MVPs. All right, Mr. Provs, who we got this week. This is so cool, right? So okay, if you have time, out, never, time, out, you have, time out, time out. So I've been listening back to some of our episodes. And I don't know. Do you realize everything we do, you say is your favorite? I just love it. I love the whole thing. It's all my. Have favorite. you ever seen the movie? Have you ever seen the movie Nacho Libre? Uh, I've seen parts of it. So there's a, a portion where he asks Encarnacion to have some toast with him, <laughs> and he says, "Oh, like what do you like to do and stuff?" And so she mentions, "I like the color taupe, and I like this." And he goes, "No way! All of those things—they are my favorite thing too." And so. <laughs> I just feel like you're, you're nacho because nacho. everything we do is your favorite. Nacho probs. And here's the deal. <laughs> you. Nacho problemo. You're my favorite podcast co-host. Well, that I, I know. <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> I don't know if I should leave that or edit it. So I've, I've got a bad back and it's a little sore today. And so I have a tense unit on it and it just unplugged and the electrode touched my back. Hello. And so it shocked me. <laughs> okay, while you're fixing that, I'm going to talk about some MVPs. So this week, our volunteer MVPs, Chris and Natalie Hubert, and they are a married couple. They serve at City View Bible Church in Round Rock, Texas. Nominated by Douglas Hallam, uh, Chris and Natalie have been serving at City View for more than 11 years of the 12 years existence. So the church has been around for 12 years. Uh, Chris and Natalie have been there for more than 11. Okay. So they, uh, Chris started with lighting and he worked his way all the way up to being a volunteer technical lead. Um, he just works tirelessly. They talked about him being there at three and 4 AM, like getting lighting ready as a volunteer, by the way, um, and taking wow. the ministry to the next level. Natalie, his wife is video director, and she's also been serving that whole time. And uh, the Huberts are great friends uh, for Douglas and the rest of the pastoral staff, and they're great teammates who love the Lord and his church. So Chris and Natalie, we salute we you. We salute you. <laughs> I realized last week we're never going to get it on because of the latency yeah. in the video. I love oh, how wow. you step on the gas, though, when you say we salute you. You get after it, man. <laughs> That's to, awesome. Got to try it. Got to try it. Thanks, Hubert. Thank you. We salute you, man. And so the staff, MVP, Eduardo Rivera. And Eduardo serves at Church of the Redeemer in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Um, oddly enough, we were just talking about Bill Gaither, and this guy's in Gaithersburg. I know. Um, yeah. So Eduardo is the worship leader at Church of the Redeemer, and uh, it's a large multi-campus church with a large worship staff. Eduardo is a gifted leader who helps. His, one of his passions is to help grow and develop new volunteers. So Eduardo, we, we salute, salute you. you. 
Are you sure it's not Rivera? It probably is, honestly. Eduardo I'm, Rivera, Church of I'm the waiting, Redeemer. I'm waiting for somebody to nominate Bill Williams or like Tommy Smith. <laughs> we don't. Gotcha. We haven't had any like uh, vanilla. Double first names? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we the, we have had some great some great tests. I got a message from yeah. uh, a couple episodes episodes ago. I said the guy's name as Postal Weight, and he's in Australia. So he yeah. sent me a DM, and he was like, "Dude, you totally butchered it," and that is completely fine. But he said <laughs> I was laughing so hard when I heard you when I heard you say it. That's awesome. It's good times, man. Well, hey, guys, again, thank you so much uh, for sending in your MVPs. And so if you'd like us to recognize your MVPs from your church, whether it's a staff member or a volunteer, it's super duper easy. Just send us uh, an email at info at worshipleaderprobs.com. And in that email, give us a picture, why you think uh, they should be nominated as one of our MVPs, uh, their Twitter handle and what they do at the church. Uh, Not their Twitter handle. I guess Twitter would work, but Instagram would prefer. This is preferred Twitter, Insta, whatever. Or if you want to give us Twitter, Insta, Facebook, MySpace, we'll take it all. <laughs> That's right, LinkedIn, man. you know. Bring it on. Um, and just if you want to submit it that way, and then you can also go to www.worshipleaderprobs.com and click on the MVP page, and we've got a form you can fill out, and that will automatically send us uh, all that information. Perfect. So, well, hey, let's get into what was my favorite portion of the Dude, podcast. it's my favorite, too. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> it's called Per Concerns. Well, in this portion of the podcast, we like to take a moment and just go through um, all the funny comments that people will put down on the connection cards in our in our churches. And so uh, you guys have been sending us all kinds of them and we're so thankful and they just, they crack us up. Sometimes they want to make us cry. <laughs> Sometimes they make us want to throat punch people. But Mr. Prowse, what do you got this week? Yeah, it, this is a, this is a really amazing, people be crazy, man, out there. So I got three, I got three this week. Here's awesome. Number one. The way you changed the time signature of that hymn broke the rules of music. (laughs) Oh, fam. Okay, here's number two. So, real quick, it's funny. So, we've got a guitar player. We've had this conversation a million times. Whenever we do um, your name from Paul Mm. Balash, you know how there's that big guitar solo in the middle, right? And your name is in the key of E flat. And so there's always this moment where the guitar player, when he's playing it, he will land on an E. And we're like, and he's like, it sounds good though. And we're like, no, it sounds like it's wrong. And we're like, bro, mathematically speaking, you can't play an E in the key. And he'll be like, no, that's just my interpretation. Like he will fight us left and right and he won't change it. And it just at this point, it just makes us laugh. And so we're yeah, like, get, that, you, get that mute button ready for the solo, just like the one note. <laughs> beep. <laughs> narrow, narrow, narrow. <laughs> All right, number two. My granddaughter is an amazing singer. Honestly, she's better than anyone you've had sing in the last month. Can you please reach out to her? Please don't tell her I asked you to. She's only 12 and would be embarrassed. <laughs> that second sentence, honestly, she's better than anyone you've had sing in the last month. <gasps> right? Oh, that's a bold move. Wow. That's a bold move. That's a bold move, really. Okay, lastly, that's, number three, that's the number three prayer okay. concern. My husband and I watched the service online this past weekend. It was so fantastic. Also, we read where you are, quote, streaming the service. We'd be very <laughs> interested in finding out what that is all about. Thanks. <laughs> Dude, you just you just watched it, man. Who's the comedian that would go, here's your sign? <laughs> Come on, fam. We read where you were streaming the service. We just funny. Come on, fam. Oh, I love church people. Love it, love it, love it. 
Well, again, we'd love to get them from you guys. Here's the deal. We promise you, if you submit one to the podcast, we will not use your church name. We will not use your name. We will keep it as anonymous as we possibly can. Um, but man, keep these coming because I kind of, on, on a cloudy day, they can bring a little something. Absolutely, man. It, it, it unifies us because we all get them. <laughs> yeah. Like you just realize, oh gosh, I'm not alone out there. Faux show. So... All right, well, let's get into our, our final portion of the podcast that we call Sliding into the DMs. Well, we like to uh, each week jump into our DM from Instagram and pull some of the questions that you guys are asking uh, to us and then deal with them actually live on the air or recorded on the air. And so, uh, Mr. Props, what do you got right now? We can get a lot of questions about dealing with stage fright. Um, I really? Think, yeah, we... we uh, a fair amount of our followers are on the younger end of the spectrum. And so they're probably just starting out, uh, just starting yeah. out to serve in their own churches or a lot of them lead in their youth groups. And so dealing with stage fright is a big, uh, is a, is a big issue for them. And so why don't you, why don't you kick us I off? I would say, why don't you, you go first on this one because I, my people aren't on stage, Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. So, um, one of the things that we've talked a lot about is um, finding our identity in Christ, because as believers in yeah. Jesus, that's where our identity lies. And so um, this is going to be like an oversimplification of things. But once you prepare your once you prepare your craft, like you practice your part or you sing, you know what you're going to sing or whatever, it's really it's really up to God and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to that's uh, right. To impart that to the hearts of the people that you're leading. And so identity, man, identity in Christ, you know, shifting your focus from yourself uh, and your uh, yourself and your fear. You know, it can be fearful. I, I totally get that. I remember when I was starting out, I had some issues with that. But um, just remember that you're you're called to a greater purpose. And so um, continue to uh, learn to shift your focus uh, from your from yourself, focusing that you know back to the object of our worship, which is is uh, God, and you know we can all we all scare ourselves with like negative self talk and uh, yeah. what can go wrong. You know, this out of fifty times I played this part, there was one time I hit an E natural in the key of E flat. So, <laughs> uh, except it sounds for, like for that guy, it's it's intentional. But if that happens one jazz. one time to you, you can become you know kind of fixated on that's going to go wrong in the service or whatever. You gotta you gotta set that aside. Um, you know, my wife likes to talk about uh, the old recordings of, you know, failure and you're not worth it and you're not good enough. You've got to stop, not, not only stop those recordings, but you got to burn those recordings. Um, yeah. okay. You got to, uh, practice ways to kind of calm yourself down, you know, uh, prayer, um, find a, a, a scripture that, that really, um, re refocuses you and recenters you and, uh, and and helps you uh, you know focus on the lyrics that, of the songs that you're about to uh, to sing and you know I I also I would I would not underestimate uh, taking care of yourself man uh, eating yeah. well getting a good night's sleep like if you're a church that only has Sunday services I would not be out or up until midnight or one a.m. on Saturday I would I would take some time on Saturday night to really begin that refocus and begin that preparation for Sunday morning. Um, take some time on Saturday night to do that. I mean, those are just some, uh, you know, some helpful hints. And, and also, you know, remember there not, a, there's not a person out there that's rooting for you to fail. That's right. They are just that's as right. in need. The congregation is just as in need. Some of them, honestly, probably more so in need of a of a of a renewed life-changing experience with Christ than you are. They that's yeah. why they're there. And so remember that, you know, uh set the table, set the table well and uh yeah. and let the Holy Spirit work. I think you know, we talk stage fright. Fear is not from God. Amen. You know what I mean? And so like you've got to put in perspective what you're up to there to do, because like the only place where fear is healthy is when your fear is in the Lord. Mm, absolutely. And so 
Um, what I believe when it comes to anything is God is the one that gives us our gifts and talents, right? And so we know when it comes to our the stewardship of our finances, our time, all those different things, God wants everything back that he's given you. And so I think when, you gotta, when you're going to go up there and get on stage, wh- where's your fear lying? Is it lying in what the people might think? Or is it that fear of, I'm getting to lead people into the presence of a holy God through, through the worship of him. And so it, it's okay to like, I want to, if that's the kind of fear, like I want to live in the fear and trembling of the, the holy God mm-hmm. that allows me to worship mm-hmm. him, not in front of the people. And so if you can fully understand your identity and who um, Christ is, what he did for you, believing in all the promises that you're adopted, you're forgiven, you're free, you're his son, like all of those things, if you can rest in all of that, um, I think it gives you a confidence to then go forward. Because honestly, it doesn't matter what the people say at that point. You know what I mean? Um, it, it, there's also, I wonder too, sometimes too, and, and sometimes I know what I've had fear of something I had to go do that I'm not, maybe it's not my most, um, I'm not super qualified in, you know what I'm saying? And so like, but if, if God has arranged for you through your leadership, if they trust you to put you in that position to go do it, there's got to be some, con- like if the leadership goes, I believe in you, get up there and go do this thing. Rest in that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Brian said, if you're a singer, you, you may hit a wrong note. If you're a guitar player and you got to hit a big solo, you, you might screw up. But you know what? If your heart's pure, you're trying to honor God, you're human. You know what I mean? Don't rest in all of that. Go rest in the confidence that you have in Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross and just get up there and slay that. Thing. Absolutely. That's a gr- uh, that's great. And, and um, you know, this is, I can imagine this would be something that we'll talk about in an ongoing way. Um, I would just think so, because yeah. it's, it, you know, it can be real and uh, you know, the enemy wants, wants it to be way real. And uh, he wants you to be focusing on that as opposed to everything that we just listed and, um, you know, go out there and punch him in the face in Jesus. name. That's right. That's right, man. Sometimes Satan, Satan needs a throat punch. He does all the time, actually. Because we just, we got to remember, man, the battle's already been won. Whether the, the old Southern gospel, I read the back of the book. (laughs) That's right, man. True story. My wife and I were big time into the Harry Potter books when they were coming out. And when the final book came out, we got, we picked them up at midnight and we promised we wouldn't read until the next day. I waited for my wife to go to sleep and I read the end because I was like, I am not going to invest all this time if Harry Potter dies. Wait, he doesn't? I'm not saying anything. <laughs> I've never. Because I didn't I've say whether read I read the book Potter or not. Book. Have you seen the movies? No, not a single one. Oh, well, you should some point they're pretty good (laughs) all right guys well let's get back into part two of our interview with the guys from mxu hey man i mean rahab had to lie to save the israelites right so (laughs) there you go that worked out (laughs) (laughs) so okay i think what we're going to do for time uh we're going to turn this into the frank two is that cool with you mr probs absolutely all right and you kind of already have started to go here andrew um, the very last question we typically ask is this, let's say we could find a room big enough that we could put every single worship leader, every single instrumentalist, every single production guy, audio engineer, lighting engineer, all in this ginormous room. And I was to give you a microphone and you have one thing that you can share with that room of people. What would you share? Gosh. Um, I think I would say something along the lines of, you're all in this room because you're a group like worship leaders, tech guys, like that's the group, but that actually doesn't matter. Like your job does not matter. It's futile. There are way more important things to hang your hat on than being a worship leader, being a production guy, being a ministry staff person. I am so convinced. I'm not even convinced that feels like, I'm understating it. it. Everything else in your life is so much more important. Mm-hmm. And I feel like everywhere we go, a lot of the issues that we're trying to help people solve, they all go back to identity. They all go mm-hmm. back to that about who we are as a person. If you're building your whole life around your job title as a worship leader or a technical person, 
you absolutely have it backwards, 100%. It's yep. all about your identity in Christ and that he chose you regardless of what you were doing, even before your family, before your spouse, before your kids. It's who you are as a person. And it, like I said, everything that we deal with, you run the gamut. It can be a technical issue sometimes and definitely leadership issues. It all comes back to what we think about ourselves and who we are. And what we tell ourselves is usually not the right thing. It's all what God says about us, which is what you do doesn't matter. I still chose you. So get everyone out of that room of all worship leaders and tech people and get them to realize they're in another room with just them and God. And he chose them and put them there before they were in the worship leader room. Mm. Wow. That's good. That's great. Well, mine would be very similar. I mean, I think we all kind of have this same heartbeat of, you know, as soon as you think about who you are in terms of what you do, it's a trap. It's, yeah. You know, from the production world, you know, you build your sort of stanchions around your sandbox and say, this is my area. This is my, I'm the sound guy. Nobody knows this better than me. I'm the one who knows how to fix all these problems and do this mixing and figure all this stuff out. It's like, man, as soon as you do that, you create a wedge between you and the people around you. So a couple of things I would add to Lee's, I would say, um, you know, this, this idea that it's the worship team and the tech team false, it's one team. And we're all tasked with drawing people to take a step in their faith by facilitating an environment that creates a space for people to experience what God has for them. So, you know, if you're part of the vision piece of that for your church, you have to cast vision in that way that says, you know, it's not us and them. Um, it's not worship and stage or host team or church staff or senior leadership. I mean, the the most senior worship leader in your church is your senior pastor. If if everybody's not tied to that vision for what they want to do for your church and how the gospel is expressed in your community through what you guys do, then that's that's problem number one. But in the middle of all that, I would say Lee is spot on in that I have to see myself as a beloved son of God mm. first mm -hmm. and then everything else falls into place because if I can see the people around me as the same thing, then a lot of the tension and a lot of the stress and a lot of the nitpicky stuff just kind of falls away because it's so unimportant. Can I just go back on this for a second? Um, oh, yeah. I just had a conversation with two of our pastors about the fruits of the Spirit. And I don't think they realized, like we were filming this thing to send out to the church, and they wanted me as pe a part of the conversation. And the whole point of what they were filming was to help explain further the message from the weekend. But as they were doing it, I legit had an honest revelation about fruits of the Spirit. And I don't know that they know that or not, but it really struck me that when you list out all the fruits of the spirit, all 14 million of them, however, and you hear things like joy, peace, patience, love, self-control, kindness, I'm mm -hmm. butchering it. But the point is that whole list is pretty daunting. When you think about, I'm supposed to come up and bear the fruit of all this stuff. And then he said something to me that it may have changed my life. He said, Lee, you are not the gardener in that equation. You That's are the, right. the barren land. That mm. is God's mm. job mm. to produce the fruit mm. in your That's life. Right. You just mm. have to throw your hands in the air and go, I can't do it on my own. Use it. And then God yeah. will pour the water in and actually do the gardening. It was like, it. holy yeah. crap. Like that is way different than feeling like I'm supposed to come up with all of this. But it goes back to the identity piece. If you know, like, no, he chose you and you are a barren wasteland, a desert. And if you'll let him, all the fruit can come from you, which will solve right. all the other crap in your life. Problems with your wife, problems mm -hmm. with your boss, problems with your team, yeah, how you see yourself, uh, struggling with dieting. Like literally all of it can come from just throw your hands in the air and go, I, I can't do this on my own. Clearly, I'm just a, an acre of dirt. And But if I'll let God do that, then the fruit will come. It's interesting so much. I think sometimes in the, the tech and the production world, um, we, forget, we we spend more time learning the tech stuff than we do just spending time with Jesus Christ because those fruits of the spirit, they're, they're like the organic outflow of your relationship with him. And so like 
there's so many guys in the tech world, they can quote you page 32, section A of the X32 manual, but can't quote you John 316. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think too many times because what we do behind the console is like so external. Um, We talked about this on our last podcast, but like if I can't get feedback out of the speaker's mic, I could lose my job over that. But if I'm not in the word, they may not know that and I may not lose my job over that. You know what I'm saying? And so we spend so much we spend so much time trying to fix the external that we don't just go back to the root of it in the first place and realize that identity and who Christ is and let that look again, don't hear me say don't get good at the other, but it can't be at the expense of of one or the other. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's right on. I mean, excellence totally matters and we all agree with that. We want to be as good at what we do as we can be, but that has to flow out of the same calling. And Mm -hmm. when we get a better understanding of who we are in light of who God says we are, then all the skill stuff is automatically going to get better because yes. we're more comfortable, we're more at ease, we're more receptive, we're more communicative, all of those things. Uh, but just in the same way that we would want our worship leaders to be leading out of a heart that is just overflowing. You know, I don't want a worship team that's just learning songs. Mm-hmm. The worst worship teams are just karaoke teams, right? Mm-hmm. We want a worship leader who's communicating through the microphone what's been happening in private. That's right. That's mm-hmm. that's what mm-hmm. true leading of worship is. I want that th- I want that same thing to happen from my graphics person and my LD and my camera people because I want them to be so excited about what God is blowing up in their hearts that they can't wait to help facilitate communicating that to others. Mm-hmm. And that that to me changes the whole temperature of the vibe in the room and of the team as a whole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good. So if I had that group of people in a room, um, I think the one thing I would ask of everybody is for them all to remember to serve each other. Mm. And and as I unpack that, that's that because you can say that and go, yeah, that sounds great, and then everybody goes back to what they were doing. No, I legitimately mean, can you serve one another in the way that you would wish to be served? Because it's all about your posture. It's all about your posture because you can sit in a group of people. And as we continue to try to all figure out how we work together, do I really want to serve that person or do I kind of hate their whole general attitude? Mm-hmm. Do their skinny jeans offend me? <laughs> do uh, Seriously, does my, <laughs> does my demeanor scare them because I'm so direct and, and I'm kind of bigger than them and all that? Man, I need to figure that out. Now, I don't know if I can physically get shrink, but I need to make, I need to set my posture so far apart from, from what I, from what I am to be accessible to them. I've got to work on serving them. That's part of serving. You can give someone the same list of reasons why you can or cannot do something, but it's all about your posture. You can do it from the posture of, I just really don't want to help do this. So here's all the reasons why you can use the same reasons from the different posture and say, I really want to help make this work, but here's the things we need to work through to get there. Same list, different posture. It's mm-hmm. all about mm-hmm. serving that person. That's right. So if good. I, if I wow. truly sit there and go, I want to serve that worship leader, and that worship team, That's right. what do they need from me? We talk about it a lot. Well, you need to be down there talking to him. You need to have a relationship with him. Obviously, you do. But what about when they continually ask for 8,000 monitor changes? Do you get annoyed with them? Do you respond flippantly? Do you? Does your body language say something different than what your mouth is saying to them? Are you really serving them? And on the other hand, if I'm a worship leader, how do I need to serve that guy in the back? Mm-hmm. Do I realize that he was there first and that when he gets out and gets in his car every single night, he's the only guy left in the parking lot? I wonder how he feels. Yep. I wonder how sometimes the the technician feels when it was a nobody gave a crap at the band rehearsal and we didn't get our stuff together and all that stuff. I wonder how that guy feels about the pressure he's going to have forever he answers to about how that mix is going to translate. Because yep. he can't fix all that with a mix. We know that. He can't fix lack of preparedness. If I really care and I really want to serve one another, that stuff would matter to me. 
mm-hmm. would totally matter to me. And I would think about their needs in front of myself. And that's biblical and that's scriptural. And we get into that kind of stuff and we look at those teams. And I think sometimes we do lip service to it and we say, oh, yeah, that's great. We need to serve one another. Do you really? Yep. Are you really prepared for what that means? Because that's what ties into what these guys just said. That means that you've got to not have an identity that's wrapped up in what you do. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an identity that, hey, I'm there to serve. And I'm there to receive the gardener's cultivation, Lee. I'm there to receive the the watering and the fertilization and all that stuff to be whatever you want me to be. Let me ask you this. If you're a tech guy, are you willing to go serve in an area that's not tech-related? What if they hand you a T-shirt to wear to identify yourself with that group of servers that isn't black? Are you okay to put that on? A color? (laughs) Like, how many greeter teams wear black shirts? They don't. Are you willing to do that? A question uh, our, our pastor asked us a while back. Are we okay with the the uh, community of believers and the body of Christ growing and going crazy. If the push is happening at the church down the street, where does that kind of piss us off? Mm-hmm. Right. Those are the questions. How are we okay with it? Are we okay with serving that? Are we okay with going across t- town and serving that church? Because that's where the flavor of the month is right now. Mm-hmm. Is that Okay. Or are we kind of, no, we're not going to do that because it's not really happening in our doors. I'm telling you, you get that group of people, if that answers your question, that's what I would ask them. I would implore people to go, think about this. Because if you could do that, it's almost like um, the commandment, love your neighbor. Yeah. If you truly do that, all the other stuff works out. And that like you're not going to murder them. You're not going to, you're not going to covet. You're not going to adulter. You know, you could do all this different things. That's the thing. How do we serve? Yep. And I think it would solve so much, especially in this group. You know, this podcast is kind of geared to the people that are listening. Uh, it's a challenge, and it's one that I fail out miserably every day. I think we all do. If you really get down to it, and you end up, you get a day. You end a day and go, man, that I didn't catch it now, but I see it. Or I didn't catch it then, but I see it now. I did a bunch of decisions today that were completely self-serving to what we needed. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really help what those guys needed on stage. Or it didn't really help my pastor to know that he was getting up there to share what God gave him to share with the mantle of spiritual authority he carries. And we didn't do a God, good job of setting the stage up for him. Like we didn't, mm. we didn't, we didn't prepare the way very well because we were more concerned about how the lighting looked yep. or we more concerned oh. about how the band oh. was laid out or that the kick drum sounded good Man, screw all that. Did any, how well did we serve him? So that's the, that's a pretty big challenge, but that, that would be my resonating question if I was in a room like that. So if I could just bring one thing in from our MXU coaching uh, that's just designed to basically encourage teams along some of these lines. I think there's a passage in the sort of first session that we have that's kind of core to this principle. It's Colossians 3, 12 to 14 says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, so to Lee's point, since you're chosen yep. to be a part of this, it says you must, not if you feel like it or you may choose to do this. No, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, fruits of the Spirit, right? Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. That phrase, binds us all together, isn't just agreement. It's actually the fusing together of a broken bone. Yeah. It's, like mm. a, it's like a permanent mending. So if, if, if we had one thing to say to those teams, it would be, Gosh, are you living your lives in such a way that you're treating each other as if you're a team that is permanently mended, that you're fused together in such a way that you can cast vision for this community, you can cast vision for your churches, for the lost, for whatever, that with that posture, we'd be just astounded at what God would do with our team. Yep. Wow. Wow. Guys, I am... 
I am so thankful for you, for for the three of you. So we haven't really gotten into all that MXU does yet, and that was on purpose for me. Um, it was really important for me that our listeners who may not know who you guys are, I wanted them to hear your hearts um, because there's this whole aspect of what you guys do uh, through the MXU stuff that will will can revolutionize, I believe, what's happening within churches and production. Um, and it's all very good stuff, but like the heart that you guys have behind all of it, like to me, as I hear you guys and I see what God's doing, you, I am not surprised at all the platform that he's giving to y'all in the heart that he's given. And so, um, with that being said, dude, would you guys mind taking a little bit of time as we're kind of winding down here? Can you share about all of the different, um, avenues of MXU that you guys offer that helps make the church better? And I can say, listen, listen, worship leader, problems nation. The two things that have made me better as an audio engineer are number one, quiz tones, and number two, MXU. Um, I have spent hours and hours on quiz tones, like being able to hear frequencies. But then past that, you guys have, I have learned so much through the podcast, through attending live events, being part of the coaching uh, on demand. I'm a part of everything. And guys that are listening right now, they're not paying me anything to say this. This is, I actually asked them if they would take this time because I know many of you are struggling with in your churches about how do I help the tech group get better? Many of us, it's all volunteers. We don't even have a, a paid staff person. What God has laid in these guys' hearts, they have so many resources that will help to make your church better. And so would you guys just mind taking a little bit of time here as we're, we're winding down to kind of just share all that you guys do? Yeah, Jeremy, first of all, thank you very much. Um, those are very kind words. And you're right. We didn't pay you. You paid us. So that's even better. <laughs> Multiple times. <laughs> okay. I'll talk about our website, MXU Now. Um, and I'm going to talk about this a little different than I've ever talked about it, because I'm going to just assume that there aren't as many technical people listening as worship leaders. So to the worship leaders out there, Yes, we do on-demand training videos for front-of-house mixers, okay? But here's why it's a little different. When we film these, we're not looking at the camera going, here's how to mic a kick drum. Here's how to EQ your worship leader's vocal. Because the problem with that is your sound guy probably thinks he's better than us, okay? Most sound guys have an ego, and they think they're the best thing since sliced bread. So knowing that, we said, well, how can we get people to listen to us? Well, everything we do, whether that's live events or on the website, it was all really designed for us three to get better. So we talk to each other like we're wanting to learn. So in the video about kick drums, I'm throwing up a fader and we talk about a kick drum. But then Andrew and Jeff are helping and critiquing my my skills. Same thing. If Andrew's on a video talking about something, Jeff and I are critiquing him. So it's really taken that uh, wall and started shooting bullet holes through it of every sound guy is the best sound guy in the world. So all these videos, they're seeing us ask questions about how we can get better. And that's all designed because most audio guys are arrogant jerks. I mean, and, he, and, the, and I get the tie in though to that is it's not scripted. Like we really no. are doing that. Like, it's legit. I, yeah, I really do. I, even in the tapings for those videos, we'll take a screenshot of something that somebody else did and I'll make a note. And when I get back to my own homeland, I figure out how to implement it. I mean, it's it's working because it's real. Right. I'd say out of the probably around 130, 140 videos, maybe two or three of them aren't one take. And that's because like Andrew cussed and we had to start over. <laughs> happens so much guys it's terrible yeah, it's true it's but true they, it's a it's a very organic way to go like i okay let's be humble for a second but be honest the three of us are really great front house engineers we're good at what we do okay when you get guys that are really good at their jobs to go i want to keep getting better and ask two other people like hey i'm going to show you the inside of my underwear for a second what do you think <laughs> It's been amazing to see the response to that. So, okay, that's enough about what it is. And we've set hold, it up. Safe. I want to say, I want to say real quick, I've actually watched this happen. So I went to the MXU event in Nashville last year um, and watched. And in that one, um, the, the Jeff and Andrew, had, they had a lot to say about your mixes, Lee, at the time. I think you were struggling with a bass guitar and you just couldn't get to sit right. And they, they it still felt like they were mentoring you in that moment a little bit. Right. But then... 
this year, I, I literally one year later in November, I'm with you guys in Orlando for that one. And I'm watching Andrew come over to your console to learn something to take home with him. Right. So just in one year's time of you guys, you know what I mean? Like you had watching just even you and I even heard a difference in your mix from a year ago to now. Yeah. I mean, if you're experiencing at your level in the, the, the all the churches, if they watch these things, they're going to get better. I'm Listen. so much better than Stone is now. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I have. It's been so great being able to figure out how how Lee and I can outmix Jeff. It's been really fun to do that. It's been good. No, in all seriousness, here's the deal. We start our fourth year of MXU this month. And we started it out of selfish motive. I mean, that he just said it. I mean, it was how can the three of us get in a room and learn from each other so I can get better, so Lee can get better, so Jeff can do better. Um so great. We invited some people to listen to that with us and be a part of that journey with us. I am better now going into the my fourth year of hanging out with these two guys. I am better, exponentially better because of our idea. Totally. And it wasn't an idea to go, Hey, let's take it to the masses. It was an idea to go, how can I get better guys? <laughs> how can I, it was selfish motive. Yeah. So selfishness and lying really pay off, guys. <laughs> I'm telling you. But no, I'm but seriously, that is the deal. So as he's talking about, these aren't just products that we put together and went, let's uh, guys, did we ever have a meeting go, let's come up with a product line? No. It was a these are just natural extensions of things that we think we need and I'll bet we're not the only one. That's right. Yeah, so that's it. So we have live events. Um, they're all over the country. This year we'll do three in the United States. There's one in Anaheim on January 23rd. That's quick. It may be too late for that one. There's one in Chicago in May, and there'll be one in Orlando in conjunction with the WFX conference um, in the fall. Is that October? September. September. Yep. Um, the website is priced so that every church can afford it. It's $60 a month, and that gets you 10 people from your team on that per campus. And then... Um, some of you may know Jeff, uh, before MXU has grown to what it is now, had a, a, his own project called Sonnet House, where he was doing mentoring and coaching and teaching for technical people, building the bridge between the booth and the stage. Well, last summer we merged MXU and Sonnet House, and now we do MXU coaching. And so that what that looks like is um, a monthly video chat with uh, small groups, basically of church production folks who gather around uh, a technical idea, but using that as an analogy to make spiritual application. Mm -hmm. And so it's basically, you know, a lot of the why behind the what and using gear and concepts that we use. For example, if we talk about EQ, we'll talk about best practices for EQ and building a mix. But we'll also talk about our personal EQ, so to speak. Like, what are the things in my life that I need to subtract? In the same way that I'd subtract some boxiness out of the sound of my kick drum, what are the things that I'm doing or attitudes or behaviors that I have that I need to kind of work on in my personal leadership to be able to be the, the essence of the tonality that God wants me to be to the people around me? So those kinds of things, um, along with uh, support via Slack, which is a, a great communication channel that we use uh, weekly for office hours and then you know, ongoing for people to ask questions of each other, to build community, to... Um, just encourage each other, pray for each other. Um, so it's a it's a growing community of people who are involved in MXU coaching, and it's so affordable. I mean, for for thirty nine bucks a month for a five month semester, basically for less than two hundred bucks, you can be connected with like minded team leaders who are in the trenches. So you don't feel like a lone ranger. You don't feel like you don't have anybody to encourage or commiserate with. Um, and you have, you're being led by a coach who is a high level, high achieving production director from churches that we all know. And yep. so it's, it's super exciting for me. Jeremy's been a part of it. He can attest. It's just, it's a fun thing to kind of bounce off our live events and just mixing conversations to talk more about kind of the why, um, in a way that's really practical. And we have a podcast also. Uh, where we, the three of us, get together with sometimes a guest, sometimes not, and we see how much we can cuss and see how soon we can get fired from our church jobs from that <laughs> podcast. 
I'm going to tell you right now, just anyone that they say where there's a gentleman by the name of Stan that's been on it, just even if you're not a production guy, go listen to it because yeah. you will you will have to pull over on the side of the road because you'll be laughing so hard. Yeah, we really don't talk about gear on these podcasts either. It's no. funny. We're not all pretty all. stupid when it comes to the gear front, which is kind of nice. <laughs> so, well, guys, thank you so much. Wow. And that's uh, mxu.rocks is where you can find all of that information. Uh, they're all over social media too. Uh, so if you want to hit them up on there. And so guys, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. Um, I got to like a third of my questions for y'all, but I think it's so good. All the well, Jeremy, doing. if we ever have an opportunity to come back, then we can get Andrew to tell us about his last day with Carmen, which would be even more <laughs> oh exciting than the first gosh. day. We can, we can bookend this whole thing. Oh my gosh. I don't know if That's, that one should be told publicly. I totally do. You gotta have your finger on the button that whole conversation. I love it. So it involves yeah, hundred dollar bills in Disneyland. So oh, sweaty hundred dollar bills. <laughs> Awesome. Cool, guys. Thanks, man. Really appreciate you guys a lot. I mean, wow. I'm sure you hear that out of me. So, Yeah, thank you so much. I, I, uh, man, I cannot wait to share with my production guy who he's a first time production director and, um, I need to get him involved in what you're doing because, um, I, I can't believe it's, it's so refreshing how little you talked about gear and, <laughs> and to a worship guy, I thought, Jeremy, you drive this. I'm just going to sit here and listen because I don't know anything about gear. But man, it was all service, spiritual application. And that, man, that is so important. We we need to hear that. And um, this is awesome. We do. We absolutely need to try to do this again. Man, I love these dudes. I do too. They are just, their heart, again, you heard me say it. I wanted you to hear their hearts before you could see what they have to offer. And guys, trust me, they have so much to offer that will help just um, reshape the production culture, especially with audio within your churches. I'm telling you as somebody who my church has gotten better by being a part of all that they're doing, I'm just saying, do it, go to your leadership, ask for the money. It'll be so worth it for you. Yeah, it's an investment. You know, It's an investment right. in your team and people and your church, and that's going to benefit everybody. And by the, yeah. by the way, compare prices. Yeah. To some other mentoring, coaching, conference type things you can get into. And this is a steal for the excellence that you're getting. And one of the things I That's love right. that they they talked about one of their core values being the idea of building a bridge between the stage and the production booth. And yep. uh and you know, pastoring one another, serving one another. So, so, so important. Yep. So well, hey, guys, thank you so much for checking out episode 13. Um, would you do us a favor? If you're blessed at all by what you're hearing, will you go to your favorite podcast platform, whether it's iTunes or Google or TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher? Would you hit like? Um, would you give us a five-star rating? Uh, it just, again, we've said it uh, 100,000 times, but it just helps this podcast uh, get before more people. And so we are so thankful for you, the listeners, and uh, we'll be excited to get back out with you next week. And so until next time, see ya. Do so. Thank you.